What is up, Fight Fam? From the ever-beautiful City of Angels, this is Cage Free Chicks, a combat sports-centered podcast by women, about women, and for everyone, where we take a look into the world of combat sports through the female lens and discuss how martial arts have helped shape some of the toughest women on the planet. As always, we're your favorite Cage Free Chicks, Nadia and Michelle. For episode 11, we're joined by Danielle Lepage, a highly decorated member of the Canadian Women's Wrestling World Team, Olympian, daughter, sister, wife, law student, and simply incredible human being. Wrestling has taken Danielle on a whirlwind of a journey from a small Canadian town of Olds in Alberta to some of the biggest competition stages all over the world. She talks to us about reassessing your mindset and your identity post-injury, as well as having the foresight to secure a successful future after an international competitive career comes to an end. Above all, Danielle is incredibly open, sincere, and humble, but don't let her low-key attitude fool you. She has killer instinct and skills to match. Enjoy! Thank you so much for being with us. Um, we had a, a few technical difficulties, but, but we are finally here. Uh, finally, the day has come. So um, thank you. Thank you again. I, I know that we, we met before, but thank you so much for actually sitting down with us and giving us your time because um, we think that you're really fascinating and interesting and we can't wait to tell everyone about you. So thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, for those... Uh, the uninitiated who don't know a ton about you, um, could you start us off by just giving us, you know, a brief, a brief bio, a brief history of your life? Spark notes, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm Canadian. I was born in a small town um, in the province of Alberta. And then after high school, I moved to British Columbia, mm-hmm. Vancouver, to, to wrestle for Savage Fraser University. Um, and go to school. <laughs> Very important. Like I like how like that came second. You're like, yeah, you know, wrestling. <laughs> and then school. Yeah, well, I went there to, like, I chose the school for the wrestling team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I was actually living out there for almost 10 years. Oh. And I got an undergrad degree and a master's degree. And then I um, went to the Olympics in 2016, got injured. <laughs> at Olympics and then after that I didn't really know if I would continue or if I would be able to continue wrestling Mm -hmm. so I applied to law school in Calgary which is close to where I was born and raised like close to my family and then so I got into school here it's a year and a half almost two years ago now I uh, moved to Calgary started school (laughs) law school so and then and then on top of that I was able to I was able to get back into wrestling and continue to wrestle, so I'm doing both currently. That's so awesome. And in your undergrad, you studied criminology, if I'm correct? Criminology, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's so fascinating and interesting. That's like a whole world, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the things that you have probably seen and read, I don't know. It seems crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. But. How did you uh, get started with wrestling? What, what made you fall in love with it? Man, um... I I have three siblings, and 
we we grew up on, like in the country, so we were always like pretty tomboyish. <laughs> so. I, I, have, I have two sisters and a brother, but like the the girls in my family we were always pretty tomboyish. And my my mom, like we were not very well off financially, but my mom convinced my dad to to let us or to let him put us in sports. Mm-hmm. Or it's him to put us in sports because um, it was expensive. Sport is expensive, yeah. uh, especially because we did live so far in the country, so they would have yeah. to drive us. And so, like from the age of three, I was uh, like really active, like in gymnastics and swimming and sports. And then um, in in middle school, sixth grade, in in the school I was in, um, like school organized sports started being offered. Uh-huh. And so I just like tried out every sport that was offered in, in my middle school wow. in a small town. And I don't know how but, like, <laughs> wrestling was one of them. And it, uh, some of my friends actually were in it before me and they convinced me to come out uh-huh. and, and try it out. And I was like <laughs> abnormally, abnormally strong <laughs> for being a girl and being like, I was pretty small at that time too. So, so right away I was pretty successful <laughs> pretty successful just pushing people over. that's pretty like, funny actually <laughs> I, think, I think that 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 early success just uh definitely had me hooked and yeah. then i was like in in um in many sports until i graduated high school actually but wrestling was always from the time i started in sixth grade it's always my favorite so it was kind of like a no-brainer that i would continue um wrestling exclusively after high school and yeah. university and your parents just like, all right, Danny, like this is what you're gonna do. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, and and I have siblings too. They yeah. were in rugby. Okay. My both my sisters tried wrestling too, but they did not continue. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I never had any trouble with it. Yeah, That's they just cool. very that, supportive. That early success, maybe you know, like being, being like, so young, yeah, yeah, and yeah. just like just owning people, and they're like, oh, I kind of like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I remember my first tournament I went to, it was like, it was, so the, have you, you guys have obviously seen a wrestling map? Yeah, yeah. Not, so they took a wrestling map, but it had split that into four. Okay. Four oh. pieces. And it was, it was like really, um, like informal tournament, but I was, res- ended up wrestling a girl from my same town in the finals of this, my first tournament. And I, she was older than me and I ended up like, I thought I was winning, right? And I like took her down and I don't know if you guys know what this movie is, a bow and arrow, you like grab their head and their leg and you yeah. kind of pull it together and cradle them. And I was like cradling her and then I stood up and the, the ref was like, carry match over and then like took our hands, we shook hands and like took our hands to like raise our hand, the winner's hand yeah. and raised her hand. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. And I just started like bawling on the mat oh, no. and I was like, what? Oh, what happened? And she was like, Danielle, you were pinning yourself. You know, I was laying on my own back, like, <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. I bet that was Loki the cutest thing <laughs> ever to experience. You're just so happy. <laughs> then all of a sudden, just like the rug from underneath your feet gets... That's like the equivalent of like, you know, when you're playing soccer or something as a little kid and like the kid goes to the wrong goal and scores yeah. and they're like cheering and you're just like, no, yeah, exactly. no, no. It was exactly the same, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's really funny. <laughs> um, so you said that you went to the Olympics. Um, that was in Rio, if we're correct, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and you got injured like a few days before, before you were supposed to compete, right? 
the same day. Oh, oh. <laughs> Warm, uh, warming up, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh! What? what, what, what? And I, yeah, I have the worst, like not the worst story because it's not over yet, but <laughs> I have the most roller coaster of a ride in the story. So I in twenty. 13, I won, I had this nemesis. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I lost to, like, five years in a row in the finals of the Canadian yeah. Nationals. Five, I said 2030. Finally, in 24, it was 2014, I finally beat her at the Nationals. Okay. So it was, like, my, like, my time, you know? Yeah. And then, so I went to my first Commonwealth Games, like, I was on, like, the national team going on all the, the major trips for the first time. Went to my first senior world's. I got eighth place, which wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. So I was like feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah, I'm pretty good leading in because our our Canadian Olympic trials were a year like December 2015. Okay, so, and this was the Worlds were in September 2014. So then um, after the Worlds, I took like two weeks off. My first practice back. Oh no! I'm wrestling with my friend. Her name is Juice, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I tear my ACL in my knee. No. Yeah. And this was like my first, I've been, I was injured before that. Yeah. But the worst thing took like two months maybe to, to heal, right? Mm-hmm. ACL is like a, a year injury. So I was like devastated and I didn't think I would be able, or I didn't know if I'd be able to come back for the Olympic trials because I had, it happened and so I hurt my knee in like October 2014. And then I ended up getting surgery um, in November the end of November 2014. So I had like just over a year because our child was the very first weekend of December 2015. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was, so that was, that year was like mentally like a struggle because for the first time I was um, like thinking about life after wrestling right. or for the first time realistically considering what I would do without wrestling because I never had before that or even who I was without wrestling. Yeah. Right. Because um, nobody had encouraged me to do so, and I never had a reason to mm-hmm. uh, before that before that injury. So anyway, that was like for for many reasons like the hardest in the first yeah. few months, <laughs> hardest few months ever in my life. And I was I was pretty young at that time still too. And then um, anyway, so that was a good story because I ended up coming back from that rehabbing. My knee was like was very ideal, like my whole rehab process. And then in 2015, December, I won the trials. So that was like the best moment ever. Um, huge comeback. It was a huge comeback, yeah. yeah. And then um, and on top of that, I was like wrestling really like the best I'd ever wrestled mm-hmm. just because I worked so much on my like my mental game while I was hurt. Right. And, well, that's what I attributed to anyway. <laughs> 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 no, there's probably something to that, you know, yeah. just being able to be caught. Yeah, for sure. Like Laura has talked to us a lot about, you know, just being with yourself and how a lot of people don't know how to do that and, and most people don't ever get taught that. And and for you probably in this situation, you were kind of forced into that. But yeah. was, yeah. You know, but yeah, it's exactly. probably a really necessary part of your growth as a human being and, you know, and as a wrestler of course. So For sure. I feel like I aged like ten years you know, <laughs> two months. Uh, anyways, then I won the trials and then I I was competing a lot. Um, and I was like competing very well. I won like the test event, the Olympic test event, I won the, the German Grand Prix and I was Going into Rio, I was, like, really confident um, that I was going to be successful, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, sometimes, you know, you, you just feel like, you're not, like, yeah. I was still nervous, but I just felt, like, calmness yeah. that it was going to work out and everything was going to go as planned. Right. And I actually, like, in the morning, I could get all the, obviously, 
so early, I don't know what happened. Anyway, then I woke up into the bleachers and my parents, mm-hmm. I honestly found my parents are like right for my mat. And I just look at my coach and I start falling, you know? Yeah. I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. So I pulled out. That's my first match. Pulled out of the whole tournament because of that. Go back and get an MRI. Found out that my. You don't have a hamstring? <laughs> my hamstrings, like, or. No, my buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. But anyway, so that was crazy. That was like the worst, obviously, the worst ending of this, like, amazing. Uh, most extraordinary year I had ever had. So it was like went from the highest highs to the lowest lows so fast. And uh, yeah, that was my Olympic experience. <laughs> well, very uh, unique. So now for 2020, when you fucking crush the entire process, <laughs> you're going to have, you know, a wonderful little contrast to be like, you know what? This is more satisfying. Did you feel like, you know, coming off of the ACL fair and then, you know, like I said, you have kind of a year to mentally build yourself back up when you finally realize that you don't have an hamstring. Um, <laughs> did you feel more mentally prepared to tackle that or did you? Or, you know, what, what was, like, the mental process going? Because I can't even imagine, you know, like I said, kind of having this comeback and then just having it all crumble down again. I, you know. um, well, I think it was, I still would say the ACL, which people, it's kind of hard to understand if you're not in the sports world because mm-hmm. as a elite athlete, I was, became a wrestler. I wasn't Danielle anymore. I was Danielle the wrestler. Right. Yeah. And that's who I was and how I did identify myself um, as. Mm-hmm. So, so the ACL, it was the first time that I went outside of that and I started putting things in perspective and kind of realizing who I was and I wasn't just this wrestler. It's mm-hmm. what I did, but it wasn't who I was. And I think that if I hadn't gone through that process prior to um, this Olympic because it was a trauma. That Olympic trauma would have been so much worse. Yeah. Because I would have had to be, be dealing with both things, like the identity piece and then this um, this injury, this trauma at that the worst moment of my entire life. Right. Yeah. So I think that it definitely helped me get through that. And I, uh, I'm like, don't even like thinking about it because I wouldn't, I don't like to think what would have happened if I hadn't have dealt with that yeah. prior to. Yeah. And I would have had to deal with it. After, yeah, after that makes sense. So, wow, you're such yeah. a beast. You're like a, you're like a biopic woman, <laughs> <laughs> mentally and physically. And you've had a shoulder injury as well. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. yeah. So I heard, I still miss my shoulder, but like, like. Being my first or second year university, mm-hmm. oh, nice. I'm like I'm like 28 now. Yeah. I'm turning 29 in September, so I'm like that was like a long time ago. But I never got surgery or anything, so it's just been kind of like a chronic mm-hmm. labral oh, okay. issue. Yeah, I think well, I get it's so long, but it's manageable. Yeah, well, I mean, considering again the the your knee and then your hamstring, yeah, nagging shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, we also want to ask, you know, you have you said that you 
in Germany and in like many other places for wrestling and stuff like that. But you know, coming from a small rural town in, in Canada, what has it been like for you to be able to travel the world for wrestling? It's like it, we have both traveled, we both yeah. have, like lived abroad and, and seen a lot of the world as young people. I mean, it's very enriching the life and stuff. But you know, to go for wrestling, I think must have been must be great. I mean, it's yeah. Not so you know, it must be so great. What has been your favorite place? What have you learned? Okay, so uh, especially when I was younger, first mm-hmm. time, I made my first yeah. national team in tenth grade. Oh so since tenth grade, I've been traveling, and because and it's all been because of wrestling, I've been to like over thirty countries. Wow. But yeah, even before I went, like my first time even to the states mm-hmm. was my first year at SNU. Yeah, and, and I like just across the border to Washington or something. <laughs> I like pictures, like like uh, uh like printed pictures oh. of the border crossing. Oh. And we were also the government somewhere in North Dakota. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I super get. <laughs> but I like pictures of everything because it was like it was so exciting to me. Yeah. yeah. Again, my family's like very modest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very modest family, so we didn't really have going vacations. We didn't travel, and like my three siblings never had these opportunities. Like they, even currently, have barely been anywhere in the world, like in Mexico. And then, like I don't think maybe the states. I don't even know for sure if I can say that. Wow. Uh, yeah. So like, I, I definitely feel very lucky because I do feel that travel is is really important to kind of. To learn yeah. and broaden your, I don't know, knowledge and perspective, and um, yeah, growth. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is my favorite place in the U.S.? Uh, I like the, like the, the Swiss and Austrian Alps. That oh, I do. it's so pretty. I've never been there, but it's really pretty. <laughs> yeah, very pretty. And there used to be this tournament. I think because it's too nostalgic for me. Like the first turn that I ever went to in tenth grade and it used to be there every year and now it's happening more was this little town called Goatsis in Austria. Mm-hmm. Like right in the Alps. And so like just remembering the drive and very beautiful. I feel like I would be so distracted. I just this is also like a, a funny story now at the time it was funny but <laughs> so my very first trip, tenth grade Again, the first time I've been away from my mom, I'm a mom's girl. The first time I'm away from my mom for like longer than two days. Yeah. And the first time I ever left Canada, I think, at that time. And we went to this, this tournament in Austria. Yeah. And I, yeah, so it's a big deal. And I got my first Canada cichlid. So my first, it was very exciting. And I was, and I was this, this like little girl from. Old Alberta, so my town's called, and I somehow won nationals that year with one move. Wow. Because I'm like, great, I, I think, because I was so stronger than everybody still at that time. But anyway, I won. So it was very exciting for me. And I we landed in uh, Zurich, because we had to drive from Zurich to Switzerland. And my bed didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we, I had to give them the address of where to bring the stuff, and we drive to. Austria and my bank didn't come for over five days. What? Yeah. I'm not even, yeah. And I was like calling my mom, emailing my mom, and like crying every night. Just like, like I hate this. I want to go home. And on top of that, the girl, the girl, the girl who I beat in the finals of the Indian Nationals to make the trip, 
self-bonded her own way to this on this trip. I had her first bash in this tournament and I lost. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I had to be resilient. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the moral that's the moral of your story. Is you're yes. quite resilient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, I can't even imagine. It's like first time away and then all of these things just and you're so oh Danielle. I know, poor little Danielle. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so it's been really, like, I can't imagine what it's been like to represent Canada you know, like, uh, on, so, on, like, a world stage. You know, yeah. it's, it's one thing to be an individual and just, I don't know, rep yourself or rep your school or something, but to, to rep your whole country, I feel like it must, have, it must be just incredible. Yeah. It's such an incredible feeling. So I applaud you for that. For doing it all over the world in 30 countries, like what a badass! <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I was watching the Olympics one year, and I was watching the beach volleyball, which I don't even care about. You know, <laughs> and the flag started going up, and I literally started crying. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. like just to represent your country. <laughs> yeah. so, so the feeling must be out of this world. What was it in your kind of? year of figuring out who you were between, uh, after you uh, injured your knee that you decided you wanted to study criminology or like what led to your scholarly pursuits? No, I it's actually funny because I had never questioned whether I was going to go to university and in education. Well, I thought just maybe an undergrad um, at the time when I was in high school, but my sibling, none of my sibling, three siblings went to university to post-secondary. My parents, like, kind of encouraged us to, but enforced us to. So it's, I don't know, I, I guess I'm, like, very unique in my, my family anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, like, why I had desire for where it came from. I think probably through wrestling, because I wanted to be a part of that university team and that, have that experience. So, I don't know, wrestling's like maybe who I am to save my life, and I don't ever do for it. But so I think, like, criminology, I just, to be honest, I don't know. Brad <laughs> shows it. Like, there's, there's this, he's Olympic champion in Canada, his name's Daniel Galley, who's mm-hmm. a wrestler. He won in the year 2000. And he studied criminology at SFU. And I was like, maybe I want to be a, like a criminal lawyer one day. Mm-hmm. And I was I thought that initially, and then so I applied for all of it, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, I'll start with this. Yeah. And then I didn't want to be a lawyer anymore by the end of my undergrad, I wanted to be a police officer, mm. so then I did my master's in policing, and yeah. I was still resting at that time, so I couldn't be it, like I couldn't actually go work yet. Yeah. So I was like, well, I, wanted to be, I don't want to just be like a constable, I want to be a like, yeah. so I need my education, so I might as well do it now. So, yeah. I put a master's, it was criminology, but like, uh, my thesis was in policing. Gender policing, right? Uh, your thesis was in gender and policing, am I correct? Gender, yeah, it was the gender and policing. Oh, wow. And it was actually like a very good experience, and I really enjoyed it. But then, um, just Olympics happened and ruined my life. <laughs> I decided I wanted to be law school. That would yeah. be so interesting to see Danielle as a police officer. I would not be I would not be running away. <laughs> you also have like such a wonderful name for that too. <laughs> Your last name is just like 
detective, chief, <laughs> like constable, officer, just very official. Yeah. Oh. We used to work out with a lot of uh, like ex-military police officers and stuff. And, you know, I would always joke with them. Like, you put me with your like <laughs> sort of thing, but you know, be working out next to them, and I would think that I'm in shape, and then I would just see them smoking. And I'd be like, but I don't want to be a criminal. <laughs> this, <is not> funny. <laughs> this guy would chase me down so easily. <laughs> Yeah, like, <laughs> would not want to cross you from somewhere in Canada if you were ever a cop. Because it's like, oh, just say you're like in person, you're you're just so like even impressive, like your energy and the way you carry yourself. You're like so confident and so loose. So then, I don't know, you would make <laughs> such a great. <laughs> And I was like, I'm gonna come on this podcast every week. <laughs> and I'm sure it's gonna, you know, like the the mentality that you build through wrestling is gonna serve you so well uh, once you become a lawyer. Like you, because that's all it really is. It's like battle of the wits. It's like who the game of chicken against the other lawyer. And then you're just like the champion. Oh God! You're just like, no, I am. I got this. I got this. There's nothing scary. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's like a movie right there. <laughs> um, so your your law your law degree pursuit. How has that been going? Um, do you like, <laughs> do you sleep? Oh no! How you had your midterms, right? Uh, I just finished on Friday. I, oh, I was like looking at your notes. Uh, like I was watching you your story and stuff and looking at you know the posts that you were making and posted something of your notes and it gave me such a headache just looking at it. Like the entire sheet of paper had writing all over it. And I was like, this, this is where she is. Yeah. 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 I was like, this yeah, is yeah, I finished I finished my second year on Friday. So Ooh, congratulations. congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Um are you going to continue the pursuit of wanting to be a criminal lawyer or a defense lawyer? Like, what is your end goal, I guess, with that? <laughs> if there is one. <laughs> I, uh, so I obviously am pretty much only familiar with, like, the criminal law. Mm-hmm. The rest of the law, I have no experience. Yeah, so I think I'm just, I might be just leaning that way, too, because I'm most familiar with it, so I'm trying to just keep it open mind. And, um, Next year, I well, the school's been so great. They're allowing me because our child's early child's in December this year, mm-hmm. so they're allowing me to take. I can take zero classes if I want, but I think we should take one class in the fall, one in the winter, um, and then finish for another four year the following year after the Olympics, and then finish up. So, so I don't actually have to choose like like um, where I want to go until next year. So right now I'm still most interested in criminal, um, criminal. I don't know defense specifically, but yeah. also if I kind of want to move the government, which means that I have to be a prosecutor. Uh-huh. Um, but that being said, I'm not like married. I'm not married yet, so I don't know. I'm just trying to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to like do a job just for the money, which I know yeah. is. Easy to say um, and hard to to do. <laughs> I'm just trying to make myself stick to that that rule and try to find something that I enjoy. So, okay. and, uh, 
Um, um, would you mind speaking a little bit about your um, thesis that you did, right? Gender, how gender influences policing? Because I don't know, very fascinated by it. Yeah, honestly, I haven't talked about this. Don't <laughs> ask me about that. I don't even remember. <laughs> and I finished in 2015. Wow. Um, it's been a while, actually, which is crazy because I'm really just yesterday. But, uh, I should have practiced a little more, but I actually wouldn't uh, ever have to do this. But <laughs> it was very broad. Yes. It was very broad. And it was. Uh, Qualitative, so I did interviews with um, males and females, but mostly female police officers from a variety of positions like constables, chiefs, and um, ultimately, what I found is that they're, they didn't really defer in, um, in any aspect in terms of how good they were mm-hmm. in that use of force. Like, the females felt like they were just as good. Um, and there's actually what, what was most surprising to me is that there was this incident, there's some riots, thank you for that happened. And this specific uh, police force called in all of their male officers for backup to send them down to Vancouver and didn't send their females. Hmm. And even females who were on duty that night, they took some of their equipment off them and gave it to the males, sent the males, and didn't send the females. And yeah. And the females obviously were very hurt by it. And, um, because I think there's just this perception still that that there are these differences in in um, males and females, but especially police officers, you know, if you're gonna be a police officer, you have to have like this more masculine, I don't know what to call it. Yeah, so I think females who are talking especially are not here to, to, to use force. Um, they're good at it. They're trained in it. Yeah. They have lasers. They have batons. They have guns. So they're, they're just um, just as good as their male counterparts. But I think that the thing that was different was like the community perception and how the community treats males and females differently in Canada. Anyway. And then so they actually played on those like male-female roles a lot with like partners. Um, and like going into say uh, like bars or something, they'll send their biggest, baddest cops rather than a female yeah. and stuff like that. So it's just gender stereotypes, you know. Like athlete still, it's not necessarily differences in abilities. Right? Yeah, which is bizarre because it's like yeah, I, everyone's aware that you know men generally tend to be a little bit stronger physically, but if you're a woman and you have become a police officer, that means you have passed the requirements right. you know like you people are like yeah you you're you fit this criteria so this is why you have a badge right. and then to just kind of still assign perceptions on it it's like well, these are qualified people i know Stupid. it's super offensive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of gender stereotypes um when you started you know i think a lot of people on the outside you know, look at wrestling and think it's very very masculine you know um <laughs> I think all combat sports in general, yeah. but you know, um, sure, yeah. Um, did you have any like preconceived notions like when you were a child going into it, or did, or did you just think it was really normal? And and going on throughout your career, did you ever feel like it was different that you were a woman, or you know, or not? Um, I 
honestly never really had issues with that. I think because I was so young and I was always like fairly confident and and being like the strong a strong girl because that's all I knew. Yeah. Was never really hard. I just kind of owned it. But but that being said, there's this awkward stage when you're like um like a teenager. Yeah. Trying to like you know you using these bows are cute, so you don't want to look like too strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like um, in university, kind of the same thing. You don't want to look like too masculine because we're taught to like I don't know, work in certain ways to like get the birth they want to get. Yeah. Um, well, I did definitely when I was young did did go through those all that. Um, but in terms of like not fitting in, I I always. Fit in and I always felt comfortable being being a wrestler. Um, I always had like a great team in in Orleans and then at SFU, and it was just like it's just normal. I know in the states, like females growing wrestling just males, yeah. but me there's always been there's always been like other females in the room, and I always competed as females even when I was first starting in sixth grade. I know that in the US, it's like they we can. Yeah. Have Canada is the land of the free. That's a really great experience. Um, what about you? Say you had brothers. What was your relationship? One oh, one brother. One brother and a sister. Two sisters. Two sisters. What uh, was your relationship like? them, I guess, kind of when you decided to stick with wrestling and, um, you know, it, like you said, it's taking you to so many places with opportunities that they didn't necessarily have. Did that influence your relationship with them in any way? Uh, I wouldn't say wrestling did at all. I think that uh, they're proud because it's like, where I'm from, it's like, I'm kind of famous. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I've been down to play. <laughs> I'm obviously not famous, but like it's a big deal, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, it's a small town, like got out and um, went to the Olympics and got to travel the world and do all these things. So, so I think that they're like super proud, proud of me for doing that. And I think that just like not necessarily anything in wrestling, but as we we've got older and grown, we we just think we're closer because mm-hmm. um, we weren't we weren't necessarily the closest in, in high school, but yeah. over the last ten years, we're just just grown and. And yeah, I think they're just proud. Well, I don't blame them. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty easy yeah. when, when you're their sister. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, we've only met you once, and I feel like you're like, So, as you gear up for uh, Olympic trials for Tokyo, um, what are you looking forward to? What are you apprehensive about? I know you're probably excited to go with sushi in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that whole process. But what is like changing in your life? Is anything yeah. like, are you having to adjust anything, you know, gearing up to such a big uh, sort of preparation? Your last time of preparation. Yeah. Uh, so we had our nationals in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hurt. <laughs> I, so I went, I went to, where was I? This is also a crazy story. I don't know. Like, this has to have happened for a reason as well. So in February, I cracked a rib. Oh. 
uh, five days before I was supposed to leave for this European tour. And I decided to still go on the tour. Um, and it was back-to-back tournaments in Sweden and Germany. So in Sweden, in the tournament, I didn't compete because I was still like, it was just one week after I had hurt my rib. And then and it was so super sore, but I didn't touch it. But then by the Monday, I did a little bit of technique and I was getting back into it. So I decided to stay competing in the second tournament in Germany. Mm-hmm. And then in Germany, in my first match, match I met this girl from Nigeria who had actually beat me the last time we competed against each other. So I was like pretty excited to get this rematch. And then, so I was wrestling her and I uh, partially tore my MCL <laughs> in the match against her. But yeah. Was it on the same knee as your? Uh, it's just the same. <laughs> <laughs> same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. Because honestly, I was scared that it was my ACL again. Because I heard something, it popped twice. And then, anyway, I finished the match because yeah. I didn't know what it was for sure. And I thought maybe it was just like a sprain. And then I wrestled one more match after that. And then I was like, it's supposed to be in the finals against this Canadian girl who is like my biggest competitor. But I couldn't shoot. So I could like be defensive, but I couldn't shoot because my knees were decided to withdraw. And then I came back and then got an MRI and stuff, and I had a second degree MCL. So I, had, I haven't like, even been able to wrestle since that, that tournament. Oh my gosh. But I missed the Nationals in March. And um, yeah, so I actually have so the girl who won was that same girl because she won the Nationals. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was just in the final. And I have to wrestle her off in June 26th for the, the World Team spot. Mm-hmm. I'm down a match, so I'm here twice in a row. You got this. I got this. <laughs> but she's actually my biggest competitor, so you, I've beaten her three or four times. She's beaten me once. So it's like, for, she's going to go into the trials in December. I know that it's going to be, she'll say that on the wood, but it's supposed to be her against us. Like, that's how it's supposed to work out. Yeah. She's going to be yeah. final. And so, and, and I know it's going to be hard because it's always close. There are close matches, and she's very strong, very tough. So, um, between now and then, in preparation for, for that tournament, not just her, the tournament, um, I'm just going to, like, even this summer, I decided last summer I worked for the small firm. This summer I'm not going to work. I'm just going to tell myself that, like, um, no matter what happens in December or next August, I'm just going to do everything I can. And have fun doing it, and then that's all I can do. So, so I decided, yeah, to not work, and then fall again. I'm not going to take one class in school instead of some course load or three yeah. classes or five classes or whatever. And then just, yeah, try to get better every day, try to enjoy, enjoy training, enjoy the process. And um, on May, I'm actually going to Finland for for camp for ten days. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Italy for this another tournament. It's a uh, the seating tournament for the world. So it's, it's going to be a big one. And then we have a camp in Italy after that. And then, That's so cool to send a bunch of wrestlers to Italy. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been in this tournament, but it's on the beach. And I'm really excited. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> How does that work with, you know, like trying to keep your weight? Trying to what? Trying to, um, like, try, trying to balance, like, keeping your weight and then being in pasta. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually, like, I. At the Olympics, I wrestled 63 kilos, okay. mm-hmm. and I had cut, like, quite a bit. Uh, but now they choose the rules. After that, the 2016 Olympics, they choose rules for wrestling to weigh in the morning of instead of the evening before. So we ran two hours before the competition. Mm-hmm. So I actually 
and international ones but how do you guys figure out how to balance that like when we're on the mat we're opponents and i hate you maybe yeah. <laughs> and then you know once you're off we're like yeah canada we're all in <laughs> our country same weight classes or different weight classes we're just like no we're all here for 
like a very unifying experience, which is very rare, I think, in general life for people to find. Yeah. Yeah. I, could, I don't know if I could be mature. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I guess, like, competitors, I get so competitive. Yeah, well, I'm obviously very competitive. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not sure I, like, constantly like that when I was 15. But. Yeah. Well, you were 15, so you can't really hold that against yourself. Yeah. It seems like you are very, very lucky with finding wrestling and finding all of your female connections. And it's like, why do people shy away from that? It's like, no, throw your kids in there. First of all, crazy mental game adjustment. Like, we, I don't think we've ever met a wrestler who didn't say, like, oh, yeah, wrestling has really sharp in my mind and, like, really very resilient. <laughs> because it's like, when you, you know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you are competing and it's against someone that is like, you know, around your skill level, it's like who gives up first, essentially, is kind of who mentally just kind of takes a little break for a split second and gives the other yeah. person. Yeah, especially when you get to like a certain level, everybody's, everybody's in shape, everybody's yeah. strong, everybody's has the technique. It's honestly, it comes down to this, this mental edge. It's got a little focus first. Yeah. So uh, I definitely need that wholeheartedly. But also think sports in general are like super powerful, and mm-hmm. and I think it's so important to put children in sports and encourage them. Not necessarily wrestling, but like find one that they're passionate about. Yeah. And it's been all like the most successful internationally, yeah. you know. But Just I doing think that has, does have the power to change the world, and even. It, I don't know. I think about sport and maybe sport doesn't matter, you know, when you think about like if I win if I lose, it doesn't really matter. Like your connection, your family, your friends, that's what matters. Yeah. But it, it has like the the character shaping, the experiences, the um, the good the good points, the bad points, like I don't know, I just think it's so powerful and I think that I encourage everybody to just I don't know, explore sport and yeah, do something. Yeah, do something. Find something they're passionate about and like stick to it. Then you can really tell people who, I mean, this is not a knock, but people who don't do sports won't be listening to the podcast, like, say whatever (laughs) want. But um, I think that you can really tell people that don't have any sort of uh, athletic background background in their life just because, not even based on their body or anything like that, but just the way that they interact with other people. Like, I remember uh, playing basketball when I was growing up and there'd be people on my team, I'm also soccer, but people on my team that I didn't necessarily like and I remember kind of saying like this is a crucial lesson for you to learn because no matter where you go there's going to be some people you don't like they're going to have to work with um, yeah. and I think that you can really you know, that, that's one skill but throughout all sport I think it's kind of like a simulation of life on a very like different smaller scale maybe yeah. but um, there's a lot of like translatable sort of yeah. lessons Learn, yeah learning how to conflict resolute definitely <laughs> yeah I wanted to ask you, uh, when you step on the mat, like, what is going through your brain? Or are you just quiet, like, I have the storm? Um, I say, I say, relentless, fearless, relentless, fearless, relentless, fearless. I just repeat that to myself. And, and I, yeah, it's all, I just try to focus on, like, one take down at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and it's still, like, oh, something that I'm, 
have to teach myself practice every day because it is easy no matter how long you've been doing it to lose focus. Yeah. Um, so it's like you gotta focus on one takedown, stand back up, focus on one more takedown, so looking at the time, wondering like, oh my gosh, I'm tired, how many last like, <laughs> five more minutes, oh my gosh, she's so strong, you know, so it's yeah. like Imagine oh people can I hold on to this <laughs> like, like one time. That's it. That's what I try to only, only think about. I'm sure your opponents are thinking how like, why is this girl so strong? <laughs> 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 like just on your back, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, we don't want to keep you for too long, but we do want to give you the opportunity to kind of Shout out, you know, where can they find you, uh, what you have going on, like that. that what are you excited about? Last minute of wisdom that you want to impart on new generations of female wrestlers or current generations? I don't know, like, well, up to you. Honestly, I'm saying this to somebody as well, just recently. It's like, I'm so excited for female wrestlers who are, I'm like almost done, you know, sport. Like, I love wrestling, I still, that's why I'm still doing it, is I think it's, the funnest sport, and I'm obviously kind of biased. It's like so much fun. Every time I go into even practice, I report to it, and I have like doing it. Um, and I think that's personally why I have lasted so long, and why I have been successful. Other people for different reasons, but it's like I truly have so much fun wrestling. And and again, my body obviously is breaking down. And I am getting older. I'm getting close to 30. Oh, so come on. But like, I'm like, I don't want to have arthritis everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I'm in my last couple years, you know, yeah. sure. But for, for girls who are just starting, I'm like so excited. A little bit jealous. Yeah. Because they have so many opportunities, especially in the USA. Like yeah. in Canada, maybe not so many. But in the USA, it is growing exponentially. Women, women girls wrestling. And... I, I just encourage everybody to try it, and then maybe somebody out there who's listening will try it um, or stick to it because of me, and they'll and they'll get those opportunities that I'm talking about. Like, they'll go to NCAA, that's going to be a good thing. Most so cool. wrestling in the Ivy League, it's going to be offered. You're going to get scholarships. It's like, you're going to travel the world. You're going to have so much fun. You're going to meet your best friends, maybe your, your wife or your husband, and um, your life's going to change for the better because of it. So I think that everybody should just try it. And maybe somebody out there is going to love it just as much as me. And, uh, yeah. Uh, what am I excited about? Wrestling. And, <laughs> and you know, things in life and, and good people and um, meeting people and connections. And um, and I think that, yeah, hopefully, hopefully this book will continue to allow me to meet some people like you too. You too. Thank you. Oh, thank, no, you. thank you. I can tell you guys are awesome. <laughs> It's so funny as we um, all these wonderful women in combat sports, you know, we, it changes things, you know, when we watch them fight or watch them wrestle or whatever. Um, 
it was like a personal connection. It was very personal. You know, like we, when you were there, we saw Laura fight. It was just like, you know, we've seen a hundred thousand fights. Like it's just any old fight. But now we know that now we have some sort of personal connection to it. And that really changes things and makes it much more stressful. Um, so as we watch you, just know that we will be on the other end of the screen. Just, just like oh, tearing our hair out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for giving us your comment and not waiting for everyone to hear your story. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Danielle. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cage Free Chicks. If you want to know more about us, slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at Cage Free Chicks. C-H-I-X. Also, please download, share, and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to be our next guest, you can reach us by email, cagefreechicks, C-H-I-X, at gmail.com. Until next time.